Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Well, can you believe it? Here we are, rapidly approaching the end of December and completing our year-long journey through all 12 major keys. Harmonic workouts for all 12 major keys, melodic workouts for all 12 major keys, rhythmic workouts for all 12 major keys, and tunes for all 12 major keys. Wow. (laughs) What an accomplishment, right? All of you who have been grinding and chiseling away at every key throughout the year should be feeling an enormous sense of achievement and success. I know I do. And I'm very proud of all of you for hanging in there and doing all of the grunt work necessary to become an accomplished jazz pianist. Now, we have devoted the entire month of December to our final key, the key of G major. We've explored the key of G major both harmonically and melodically. Our harmonic workouts, as it always did throughout the entire year, explored four approaches to voicing the chords found in the key of G major, plus various rhythmic comping patterns. And our melodic workout, as it always did throughout the entire year, methodically tackled the scales, modes, arpeggios for each chord in the key of G major, plus various linear lines to help us develop improvisational vocabulary. Now it's time to put our new harmonic and melodic and rhythmic skills that we've developed in the key of G major. It's time for us to put them to work within a tune, as we have always done throughout the entire year. So today you are going to discover a great Christmas tune made popular by none other than the king, Elvis Presley. I'm talking about Blue Christmas. You're going to learn the chord changes, harmonic function, and musical form of Blue Christmas. And you are going to play various voicings and correct chord scale relationships for Blue Christmas, which will then be cultivated into a jazz solo. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself to be a seasoned and experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring the, the Jazz Christmas Standard. Isn't that funny? The Jazz Christmas Standard. <laughs> if we've made it the Jazz Christmas Standard, Blue Christmas. You're going to find this podcast episode to be very beneficial. But before we dig in, I want to, as I always do at the beginning of every Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, I want to take just a moment uh, to welcome all first-time listeners. And if you are indeed new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you are indeed a first-time listener to the Jazz Piano Skills podcast, I want to invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. All you have to do, visit jazzpianoskills.com. Check out all the educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you, waiting for you to help you accomplish your goals of becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. For example, as a jazz piano skills member, you have access to all of the weekly educational podcast packets. Now, these are the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs that I develop and I produce and publish for every weekly podcast episode. These are invaluable educational tools that you want to have in your hands as you're listening to the podcast episode, and you certainly want to have them sitting on your piano when practicing as well. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses, all of them using a self-paced format. There are educational talks for you to listen to, interactive media uh, to test your conceptual understanding of the jazz piano skills being taught. There are video demonstrations of the jazz piano skills in all 12 keys, play-alongs, and much, much more. 
You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online weekly master classes, which are, in essence, a one-hour lesson with me each and every week. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, can enjoy the online interactive fake book, which grants you access to jazz standards from the Great American Songbook. You'll be able to enjoy lead sheets outlining each tune's chord changes, plus lead sheets that are outlining the harmonic function of each tune. There are chord scale relationships that are uh, presented, play-along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, and much, much more. The Interactive Fake Book, of course, is an ever-growing collection of tunes that you should absolutely discover, learn, and play. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills uh, member, you have access to the online private Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums. There are podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, there are just simply uh, general Jazz Piano forums for you to enjoy as well. And last, but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support whenever and as often as you need it. Again, take just a few seconds, minutes to visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all the educational opportunities and how to easily activate your membership. Now, there are indeed several membership plans to choose from. And I am certain there is one that is perfect for you. But if you get there and if you have any questions whatsoever, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Let me know. I'm always happy to spend some time with you, answer any questions that you may have, and help you in any way that I can. Okay, now it's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. It's time to discover, learn, and play the Christmas standard Blue Christmas. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, the the last two weeks uh, have been pretty intense with our key of G major harmonic workout and our key of G major melodic workout. Our harmonic workout extensively explored four very specific approaches to playing sound harmonically. In other words, playing the chords. And our exploration was not simply about playing the seven chords found in the key of G major. It was about how to approach voicing the chords so that you are playing sounds that are stylistically correct. In other words, your chords have to sound like jazz. So we looked at basic block shapes and root position and inversions. We looked at traditional left-hand three-note shells. We looked at contemporary chordal voicings. And we also looked at two-handed shapes. All of them All of these voicing types, uh, approaches, need to be in your arsenal. Now, our melodic workout thoroughly investigated ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion through each of the seven chords found in the key of G major. And our primary focus was to begin developing what I like to call root independence, by shifting our entry points when playing our scales and arpeggios from the root of the sound to the third, to the fifth, and to the seventh. So our entry points and destination points are always different. So the whole point, the whole entire point of our key of G major harmonic workout and our key of G major melodic workout, the whole point, right, is to prep us for applying our skills to tunes. So we will, as we have done throughout the entire year in every key, we will today take the practice approaches that we have explored over the past two weeks and we will apply them to Blue Christmas. And not only are we going to put our harmonic and melodic jazz piano skills to work within this classic Christmas standard, We will also use our jazz piano skills to construct and play a jazz piano solo over the chord changes of Blue Christmas. As always, this is going to be a ton of fun. So 
The educational agenda for today is as follows. We will explore the Christmas classic made popular by Elvis Presley, Blue Christmas, the chord changes, and the harmonic function. Number two, we will discover, learn, and play various voicings for Blue Christmas. Blocks, traditional shells, contemporary shells, and two-handed voicings. Number three, we are going to discover, learn, and play the chord scale relationships for Blue Christmas. In other words, the appropriate ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. And number four, we are going to discover, learn, and play a jazz piano solo for Blue Christmas using 100% diatonic scale and arpeggio motion. Focusing, as always, focusing on various essential rhythms that we have studied throughout the entire year. And we will be using a very relaxed, very groovy swing feel of 105 today when playing Blue Christmas. So if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now, hit the pause button. I want you to access, download, and print your podcast packets, the illustrations and the lead sheets. Again, you have access to all of the podcast packets as a Jazz Piano Skills member, and you should be using them when listening to this podcast episode. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, you should be using them and have them sitting on your piano while practicing. Now, if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, there's Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, etc. The list goes on and on. Then be sure to go directly to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to access and download your podcast packets. And you will find the active download links within the show notes. Okay, one final but very critical note that I mention every podcast episode. If you are sitting here listening at this very moment and you are thinking that Blue Christmas and the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play are over your head, then I would say to you, okay, so what? Right. Sit back, relax, continue to listen, continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by just simply listening to this podcast episode. And again, when just keep this in mind, when first introduced to any jazz piano skill, it's over our heads, which is precisely why the very first step to improving our musicianship is always, always, always to just simply listen. So do not shy away from conversations or topics, discussing uh, foreign topics and using unfamiliar terms, right? Do, do, Do not run. Stepping outside of our musical comfort zone is precisely what spawns significant growth. You've heard me say this a million times. All musical growth, all musical growth begins upstairs mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs physically in your hands. So sit back, listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and to learn. The play will come in time. It always does. Okay, so now you have your lead sheets packet, your podcast lead sheets packet in front of you. And you should have printed out 11 lead sheets. 11 skills that we are going to take a look at, skill 1 through 11, okay? Um, Lead sheet 1, basic chord changes for Blue Christmas. Lead sheet 2, harmonic function for Blue Christmas. Lead sheet 3, block voicings. Lead sheet 4, traditional shells. Lead sheet 5, contemporary shells. Lead sheet 6 are two-handed voicings. Lead sheet seven and eight deal with our scale motion, uh, chord scale relationships. Lead sheets nine and ten deal with uh, ascending and descending arpeggio motion. And then, of course, lead sheet uh, 11 is our solo that we will look at today as well. Okay, so let's take a look at lead sheet one with the chord changes 
to Blue Christmas. This is a classic uh, form. It is 32 measures in length. Um, it is a what I would call an ABAC form, right? So if you look at the rehearsal letters there, A, B, C, and D, you can see that rehearsal section A, the first eight measures, and rehearsal section C are the exact same, right? Now, letter B, rehearsal section B and D, uh, slightly different. So therefore, that's why I would call this an ABAC as opposed to a, a traditional standard ABAB form, okay? Now, the very next lead sheet, number two, deals with the harmonic function of Blue Christmas. So you can see that now the chord changes are replaced with our Roman numeral analysis of the harmonic function. Uh, and you know, Blue Christmas is a pretty straightforward, nothing, nothing unordinary here at all. And you can see that we start with the one chord. We have a five chord, two, five, one in section A, which again is repeated in section C. We have a three chord starting off section B. Uh, going to a six, but as a dominant, not as what we would expect as a minor. And then our two chord, uh, and then a two dominant, and then the five dominant, which takes us back to our one in section C. And then the very last eight measures, uh, letter D, we uh, start with the one chord, but check it out. The one chord would, we would think would be major, but not in this case. Our one chord is a dominant chord going to a six dominant, then we go to our two minor, and then a two, that two minor turns into a, a dominant sound, which is very, very common, which takes us to our five chord, and then our two, five, one. So it's a very easy chord progression, very standard harmonic motion, harmonic movement, okay? So now that we've looked at skill one, skill two, lead sheet one, lead sheet two, Let's take a look at lead sheet three. Here is where I lay out uh, the block, traditional four note block voicings using various uh, root position and inversions to uh, create minimal motion moving from one chord to the next chord to the next chord. Now, this is just a recommendation you, as you play through these chord changes and these voicings, these block voicings, you may choose to play something in root position versus third inversion that I may have uh, laid out here. And that is fine. I want you to use your ears and I want you to trust your ears and I want you to, to utilize the shapes and the sounds that feel right and sound right to you. But you can see here that I have the block voicings laid out as what I would recommend using. So what I want to do is I want to bring the ensemble in right now. And I'm going to play Blue Christmas. I'm going to play it two times through. The very first time, I'm going to play these block voicings as notated on your lead sheet. And again, I am not going to play anything fancy. I'm not going to do anything rhythmically fancy. I'm going to try to be as transparent as possible throughout this entire podcast so that you can hear these various voicings and the melody in context with the voicings. So everything's going to be very simple. So I play the first time through the chord changes as notated, and then the second time through I will come in with the melody playing a single note melody only uh, to play the melody against these voicings so that you can hear how they fit together and how they sound together, okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to Blue Christmas, lead sheet three with our block voicings. First time through, chords only. Second time through, I add single note melody. Okay, here we go. Let's check it out. Blue Christmas.
love this tune, <laughs> right? It's just a great song. Now, um, if this is, you know, I've mentioned this before in the previous podcast episodes. If, if this is where you are in your jazz journey with your voicings, being able to play your chords using four note block shapes that include the root, third, fifth, and seventh, and their inversions. This is fantastic. This is a fantastic place to be. Okay. These shapes you must know, not only from a harmonic perspective, but believe it or not, these shapes set you up for developing your improvisational skills as well. These shapes are absolutely essential. So if this is where you are, congratulations, fantastic. And as you can see, as you heard, these voicings and melodies sound good together. In fact, I've mentioned this in previous podcast episodes as well. I went out when I was learning how to play jazz and I played many, many gigs using these voicings and being able to play melodies, many gigs. So, okay. So now let's take a look at lead sheet four, skill four, traditional shells. Now here are our three note traditional shell voicings that are always going to include in our left hand the third and the seventh of the sound plus one additional note. That note could be the fifth, that note could be the ninth, right? So you can see I have the traditional shells laid out uh, for the entire chord progression of Blue Christmas. I want to bring the ensemble back in. I'm going to play these three note traditional shells the first time through, again, as notated in your lead sheet. And not doing anything fancy rhythmically with them at all. I want you to hear these voicings. Second time through, I'm going to come in with the melody, again, very simply, with a single note melody line against these traditional three note shells so that you can hear them working together and how they sound together. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out Blue Christmas using traditional three note shells in my left hand. All right, here we go. Check it out. Right? 
love these uh, voicings. These are fantastic. Less dense, uh, of course, from our traditional block voicings because we have a, one less note. And, of course, the notes themselves are spread out. Uh, the third and the seventh and then the additional uh, embellishment note as the ninth or the fifth. So a little more transparent sound, right? Now, if you think that's open, take a look at skill five or lead sheet five with our contemporary chordal shells. So now we move away from always having to include the third and seventh in the sound to placing an emphasis really on a shape built around the interval of a fourth as opposed to our chords being built around the interval of a third. So as you can see on your lead sheet here, if you just glance at it, you can see that all of these voicings have a very similar shape. And that is because they are built primarily off of the interval of a fourth. So I have laid out here for you the contemporary shells that I would use to play Blue Christmas in my left hand. And again, I'm going to play it the very first time through. I'm just going to play these voicings as notated in the lead sheet. Again, not doing anything fancy. I want you to hear these voicings. The second time through, I bring the melody in, single note melody line against these contemporary shells. So again, that you can hear how they work together, hear how they sound together when playing them. Okay, so let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to Blue Christmas using contemporary chordal shells in my left hand. All right, here we go. Let's check it out. Great sound. Fantastic sound. Now, I often get asked questions. <laughs> I often get this question asked to me by students. You know, well, which voicings should I use? Which voicing type do you prefer? Uh, which one is best? Right? These are the type of questions I get. And the answer, the answer to those questions, simply all of them, right? You should use all of these voicings. Your 
traditional blocks, your traditional shells, your con co contemporary chordal voicings. And not only should you be using them all, you should be using them side by side, mixing them together, right? So when we learn them, when we study them, we like to break them apart. Look at our blocks all by themselves. Look at our traditional shells all by themselves. Look at our chordal voicings all by themselves. And because that keeps it tidy. It's clean. It's neat. It keeps us focused on a very specific sound, a very specific voicing type. Makes perfect sense, right? But we want to get comfortable enough with these voicings that we can be playing a, a block voicing, going into a traditional shell, going into a chordal voicing, and so on. So again, all of these voicing types need to be under your fingers. They need to be part of your arsenal. And you need to be utilizing them when playing any and all jazz standards. Okay? Now, with that being said, there is another type that we need to be comfortable with as well. And so if you take a look at lead sheet six or skill six, you'll see here are our two-handed voicings. And uh, I use a five-note system where I'm playing two in the left and three in the right. And these two-note shapes, uh, two-handed shapes that I like to play are built, again, primarily uh, on the interval of a fourth. So it's a very contemporary sound, a very open sound. So uh, I want to um, model these for you right now. So I'm going to bring the ensemble back in. And again, I'm going to play it two times through. First time through, I'm going to play the voicings just simply as notated again on the lead sheet, doing nothing fancy here. And then the second time through, I'm actually going to come in with the melody, but I'm going to play a trumpet sound. So you can kind of hear the hear those voicings in conjunction with the uh, uh, the melody, but the melody be, being played by a trumpet to even help differentiate uh, the two sounds, right? The, the, the two-handed shapes and, that I'm playing as voicings, and then, of course, the melody line as well. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to Blue Christmas using our two-handed chordal shapes and then the melody played uh, using a trumpet sound. All right, here we go. Let's check it out and have a little fun. Thank you. 
right? <laughs> it's great. So again, right, we have our black voicings, we have our traditional shells, we have our contemporary shells, we have our two-handed shapes. Okay, so now if you take a look at, I do not have time to go through scales 7, 8, 9, and 10 today, but I do want to mention them and talk about them briefly here. Scale 7 and 8, I have the chord scale relationships laid out for Blue Christmas using ascending and descending scale motion with uh, a root entry. Of course, you should practice these chord scale relationships using a third entry, a fifth entry, and seventh entry as well. We want to get used to being able to play these chord scale relationships from multiple perspectives. We do not want to be root dependent, okay? Skills 9 and 10, lead sheets 9 and 10, lay out the ascending and descending arpeggio motion for each chord found within Blue Moon. And again, I'm uh, in the lead sheets, it's a root entry. And again, you should be practicing these shapes, um, these arpeggios, using various entry points, the third, the fifth, the seventh, ascending and descending. Okay, so skills seven, eight, nine, and 10, very important, spend time with them, which will help you tremendously develop your own solo over Blue Christmas and help you to also play the solo that I'm about to um, perform for you as well. So let's take a look at skill uh, 11 or lead sheet 11. Here you can see I have um, notated a solo for you over the chord changes of Blue Christmas. Now a couple things I want to mention here. One, number one, the entire solo is is constructed using 100% diatonic motion. In other words, honoring only playing the notes that are part of the chord scale relationship only. So no notes that are outside of the chord scale relationship. No half-step approachments, no enclosures, no notes outside the key or the chord scale relationship at all. And why I do this is because um, you have to get comfortable constructing and playing and improvising using the right notes first before you can start incorporating the wrong notes. And besides, you can make a whole lot of music just playing the right notes. So this is where we begin, right? We have to get a handle on understanding chord scale relationships and being able to construct melodic ideas using diatonic motion, diatonic relationships. So that's number one. Number two, all the rhythms of the solo are various rhythms that we have studied throughout the entire year. So you're going to see eighth note groupings. You're going to see single eighth notes that fall on the back side of the beat, like, for instance, in measure two. You're going to see 16th note groupings like you see in measure four. You're going to see 16th dotted eighth relationships in measure nine and dotted eighth 16th relationships. You're going to see eighth note triplets in measure 10, right? Uh, so uh, you got quarter note triplets in measures 21 and measures 22. So again, these are all rhythms that we have dealt with, that we have studied, that we have practiced throughout our journey, starting way back in January and have moved through the entire year together in the various keys. So uh, I'm going to bring the ensemble in and I'm going to play Blue Christmas um, three times through. The first time I'm going to state the melody, I'm going to play the head, I'm going to use various voicings. You might hear some uh, blocks, you might hear traditional shells, some chordal voicings, two-handed shapes, and then I'll perform the solo, and then I will play the head or the melody uh, the third time as the closing statement, okay? So, wow, here we go. Blue Christmas, lead sheet 11, Blue Christmas, with a solo. All right, here we go. This should be fun. Let's check it out. Blue 
A lot of music, a lot of solos can be constructed using 100% diatonic relationships. So, wow, it never fails, right? We have unpacked, again, a ton of information, as we, as we do in every podcast, and today was certainly no exception. We have unpacked a ton of information as we set out to discover, learn, and play Blue Christmas. As I try to do with every tune study throughout this entire year, I try to model for you how to begin truly learning a tune, how to connect the what and how that you are practicing to an actual piece of music. In other words, how do the jazz piano skills that you are practicing translate to playing? And I want you to think about this. If you are unable, this is so important, if you are unable to apply your practice approach to the learning of tunes like we did today, like we have done throughout the entire year, if you're unable to make this nexus, this link between the practice approaches and the learning of a tune, I would say that you need to really sit down and examine your practice approach. Right? Another way of saying this is, if you do not see the jazz piano skills you are practicing in the tunes that you are learning and playing, then there is a disconnect between the two, which is not good. You've heard me say this many times as well, on many different occasions, that harmony and melody are the same, right? They are the same, and indeed they are. Well, I can also say that jazz piano skills and tunes are the same as well. Now, I am saying that if, if you do not practice, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is if you do not practice jazz piano skills, like we have done throughout this entire year, every month. You're not going to be able to successfully play tunes. That's just, <laughs> that's the truth. Hopefully you're beginning to see that jazz piano skills are the gateway to tunes. They are tunes. And tunes are made up of jazz piano skills. And the only difference, the only difference is a tune has a fancy name like Blue Christmas. And jazz piano skills, they do not. If you're beginning to see jazz piano skills as tunes and tunes as jazz piano skills, then you are 100% on the correct path. And that should make you feel fantastic. And once again, I want to encourage you as jazz piano skills members to use these podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs, right? When you're practicing, when you're studying, I say it over and over and over, conceptual understanding determines your physical development. So the time that you invest in studying and mapping out these voicings, ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion from various entry points, right? These are skills that are essential and it's time well spent when studying them. Again, the return on your investment cannot be adequately expressed. And as always, 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 be patient. Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time, often a lifetime. So begin structuring your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you in this podcast episode. And you will begin to see, you will begin to feel and hear your progress. I guarantee it. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, Exploring Blue Christmas, to be insightful and beneficial. Now, no masterclass this Thursday or next Thursday due to our Christmas break here at the Dallas School of Music. So I will be, I'll, I'll be at home sipping some eggnog. So do not show up for a masterclass this Thursday or next Thursday because you'll be there by yourself. <laughs> so again, uh, use the educational podcast packets, your illustrations, your lead sheets, your play-alongs for not only just, not only for this podcast episode, for, but for all of the podcast episodes. Also, if you have not checked out the Jazz Panel Skills courses, be sure to do so. They will maximize your musical growth. And also, please, 
Make sure that you are an active participant in the jazz piano skills community. Get out there, get involved, contribute to the various forums. Make some new jazz piano friends. Always a great thing to do. Now, you can reach me, of course, by phone, 972-380-8050. My office extension here at the school is 211. You can also uh, send me an email. That's Dr. Lawrence, Dr. Lawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or you can use the nifty little speak pipe widget that is found throughout the entire Jazz Piano Skills website. Now, before we leave or before I leave, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and many, many blessings in the new year. It has been my pleasure and a joy to provide this weekly podcast for you. I hope it has been as fun and as beneficial for you as it has been for me. And I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am, how much I am looking forward to a new year, 2023, and an entire new journey. It is going to be a blast. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the classic Christmas standard blue Christmas. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.